Hello, and welcome to another episode of Things and Stuff, the show where we talk about things and stuff. I'm one of your hosts, Jeremy, alongside my best friend and co-host, Alex. I, I took a little longer than you usually. I was <laughs> I was conscious of it, so I was trying to go fast. <laughs> um, we got a good show for you today. We got two shows recording. That's a little fun fact snippet behind the scenes right there. So we're, we're going to go flying through this. Not really, but yeah, it's going to be a regular show. Yeah. Um, Alex, how you doing? Oh, I'm great. <laughs> That's well, it. it's been episode 20 what is thanks this thanks for listening as always this has been the things of the podcast no um how have you been i i've been good i um i've been playing hq jeremy tell tell the people what hq is hq is has got to be my new favorite like there have been moments where apps on the apple app store have been like oh everybody's got to try this mm-hmm. this is by far in a way my favorite app that you have to try at least once all right what is it hq is a live okay it's a live trivia game show that you take part in and you can win real prize money in now do you have to put money in no it's it's completely free Uh, this is not an ad this is sounding a lot more like an ad than i no i love it i'm loving how it's going it's it's free it's really fun and you're never going to win any money with it. So don't go into it expecting to, oh, I'm going to cash out pretty big. Because they, they recently had a bit of a PR blip, I would say, to where they jumped up from 30,000 people playing daily to now 230,000 people playing. So even if you did win, your cut of the money is going to be slim. But it's like I think it's like 10 to 12 questions, um, and they get harder as the show goes along. Like most trivia. Exactly, exactly like most trivia. But the thing is, you have a there's a live host that is streaming right to your phone as you're playing it, and it is just and he's the one asking you the questions. And it's wild. It's so wild because you're like, okay, maybe this is pre-recorded, and then they'll like go in and he'll be like, oh, 230 people got that question right. Congratulations to those of you. The rest of you, goodbye. You got it wrong. You suck at but this. But you can game. still watch, right? Yeah, and you can still watch the end. I haven't really stayed to watch till the end because it's more like I want to play the game. Yeah. But the the host, his name is Scott Rogowski. Dude is the man. He like he he. You can tell that he's okay. At first, you're like, okay, who is this guy? He's a little weird. I would say the quirky. whole experience is weird and quirky in a way that is like it feels like you're in a almost a dystopian future. <laughs> like you're in trivia and your life is depending on it. Yeah. <laughs> but Scott is so good on his feet and seems to just pull really good puns about. <laughs> the trivia facts and it just, it enhances the experience in such a way that I, I just, I want to play HQ every time so it goes live. I downloaded it. And when you download it, like, cause they only play twice a day cause it's live. So they yes. play at noon and at six uh, Pacific. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm like, well, I, there's nothing to see like a preview of what it's like or anything like that. Yeah. And there's not a lot of it. So I'm like, okay, well, I downloaded it and it's like seven. So I don't know what's going on. So, so what is it? So I watched, I looked it up and watched the YouTube video and I like played along on someone who was recording their screen. Yeah. It was pretty awesome. The, yeah. That, and that's the thing with it is like some people have been archiving it because this is not going to last forever for sure. Like there's already all kinds of weird stuff going on with it. Like the guy who founded it founded Vine and he's had some trouble already handling the PR for this thing. Yeah. And I have no doubt that they're just going to drive it into the ground. So it's awesome. I feel like the idea can stick around though. Oh, the idea is brilliant. Somebody is going to find a way to make a lot of money off of this, but this, I feel like someone's going to find a way to make this a real TV show. That, that could be cool. Like a live stream TV show that everybody's a part of. And, and that's great and all, but mm-hmm. I think the HQ in the format that it's in right now is like, it's almost a wild West kind of 
trivia game <laughs> to for lack of a better way of explaining it but it's just like this like everybody's just there's this chat that is ridiculous and everybody's just shouting random things shouting their name trying to get a shout out yelling that they hate the president and all kinds of stuff and it's just like i don't know it's just this raw experience of like picture anything like when a website is first starting out and it's just like the people that are there at the beginning for it it's just like this really weird experience and then once they figure out a way to make money off of it Obviously, it'll start be getting it'll start getting reined in and start becoming a little more palatable for a Wait, wider audience. So, how audience. new is this? I feel like it's fairly new. Like, oh, it started. I think it started in the summer, mm-hmm. um, and is just now getting like pretty big mainstream traction. Um, but man, it is fun. All right, it, I got to get on it. Yeah, tomorrow at yeah. six or at noon, maybe on lunch. Yeah, it's a uh, great times. It's at great times. All right, that's awesome. Yeah. Check out HQ Trivia. HQ Trivia. It's only on the Apple App Store. Too. Gotcha. So suck it, Android. Sorry, but carry on. Um. So <laughs> <laughs> see, I thought. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah. So what I did this weekend was uh, we went, or Natalie and her dad went and got a Christmas tree. And so wonderful. One of the things that we did was that we helped them decorate the tree and decorate their house for Christmas. Wonderful. So I was just thinking, uh, when are you? When have you gotten your tree yet? Yes, we have started decorating it. Yet? Uh, we're only going to put lights on it, but yes. See, that's my it, thought too. I think I'm only going to do white lights. That's what we did. And then um, I might do like a red ribbon sash thing. Oh, that could look nice. Yeah. I saw it at the Blazers. They did at the Moda Center. I'm like, oh, that looks cool. I could do that. Yeah. Yeah, we uh, Erica is kind of out of commission still. So, oh, so ha- wait, did you go with your parents to get the tree? Nope. Um, we actually we had a, f- a few friends that were going up to the mountain to get their trees, and Erica asked if they could pick us up one, and they came back with a fantastic tree. That it's did like, you have like a height requirement? Um, I didn't, but they came back with a tree that was taller than our apartment and it was it was awesome because they they were walking as they're walking up they're like it looked way smaller in the forest we swear like and he has a saw and we like we were just kind of laughing but um they the joke was that the the trees they were looking at were a little bit more sparse than they were last year and so they're they're kind of disappointed with their selection but it's a beautiful tree it's just thin and like kind of light in the branch branch uh department i've seen a lot of people going with the a minimal tree. I'm not a fan of that. What is a wait? What is a minimal tree? Is that just one one stick coming out of the, the ones tree that stand? have like like six rows total? I forget what type of tree that is. Oh, we've pretty much got that, and it, but it, ours is the what is it, the it's not brand of tree, but you know what I'm talking the type about. Type of the tree, t- yeah, but yeah, I was, I was looking for the technical term, but yeah, it's the ty- ours is the type of the tree that the genus, is a little the more, species, the some, it's, a genus sounds more genius uh, but <laughs> anyway yeah. it's the type of tree that would be a little more full but it is thinner it's a younger tree and it hasn't been maintained at a tree farm it was just from the mountain forest you know so it's just it's a natural tree mm-hmm. and it's beautiful in its own way mm-hmm. actually i i have grown to really love it i think it's my favorite tree the one that you got yeah i i like i, I like the simplicity of it the one that natalie and her dad got is like a huge like it was like seven foot but it was just like I guess fluffy is the term you could use to describe this tree. Sure, yeah. It was just real full. Is it a noble? Yes, yeah, noble fir. That was a, that's a beautiful, I'm a surprised beautiful spruce. You, yeah, I'm surprised. <laughs> <laughs> I 
yeah um but yeah so i think i'm gonna try and get a christmas tree um next weekend probably fantastic and then um oh yeah um but yeah and then decorate it and something like that but yeah ours is not like that one that you just showed me yeah um all right so i got some things to tell you before we get into our things and stuff hit me with it so i've been watching a bunch of stuff lately and i know we've probably talked about this on a podcast before because i remember we watched it after we recorded but natalie and i recently just watched all of the trailers for the master class stuff nice we talked about these right yeah i love master class like i'm about to do that you for do, one are you doing them. it yeah for yeah. something we gotta we gotta do it for something but it's seriously it's so cool to watch people who are the best at what they do like talking or not talking but teaching you like how and why they do certain things and like learning the very basics um from like the best learn learning the basics of what they do from the best so i thought that was really cool we watched like all the trailers it was really fascinating that's awesome are there who who are the newest ones or have they updated with anything extra or um they have a few more cooks which that sounds seems really cool they have like usher talking about performance serena williams oh, talking cool. about tennis and she's like this is the closest you'll get to a private tennis lesson te- tennis lesson for me that's awesome steph curry teaching like shooting and ball handling um they had a few more actors um a few more people teaching about writing so like writing novels writing screenplays etc cetera, etc cetera. that sounds fun i might want I, I might like to check out the writing one that sounds like a good idea I feel like so a lot of the things that I was watching, it's not like like I wouldn't watch it necessarily to learn to be a better writer or to learn how to play tennis. I feel like I want to watch it just because it's so fascinating. Yeah. Seeing how they do this. You know, I feel like the only one that you would actually be able to apply. Th- I, I mean, I don't know, but I feel like it's like I'm not watching because I'm not ones, acting, you know, yeah. so the most I'm applicable not. ones are like the Gordon Ramsay one and mm-hmm. like learning how to learning chef the basics and cooking, he had like yeah. one that's like building your kitchen properly which is yeah. like that sounds awesome yeah that was a lesson in it so i thought that was really cool um but yeah i have um i think i'm gonna get right into my thing oh dive, dive right in because it goes back into the thing that i was watching all those trailers right and then i was watching something else i stumbled upon um today and it um it's called actors on actors have you heard of this no Actors on Actors is a segment that Variety does and on their YouTube channel. Um, and it's, it is brilliant. They've been doing this for years. Really? I've never heard of it. Two or three years. I mean, so I don't really not, follow not Variety, years, so I'm not years. surprised that I haven't. Two or three years, because all the stuff I watch look fairly new. Okay. But they do it, like, fa- really frequently. They've had, like, 14 this year. So they do it, like, more, oh. like once a month or more depending on what's happening and it's actors interviewing other actors oh i like that so you have a movie coming out i have a movie coming out instead of having someone like instead of because you're on your press tour i'm on my press tour instead of like some random reporter from variety asking like the dumbest like magazine questions the same questions they've been asked they've been asked at every press stop yeah they have just like um you are promoting yours i'm promoting and then let's just hang out and talk and they're recording and it's like the most i don't know real you see like these actors answering questions and they're they're like 10 times more comfortable they seem 10 times more real they're not like pretend they're not being someone they're not just for the sake of an interview right 
Right. They're just they're just enjoying each other's company and they and talking and they about truly admire the person that they're across from because a lot of times you don't like you don't get to see this person this actor with this actor and some of them have a lot of history with each other a lot of them don't and it's like really all the based on like what movies are coming out and stuff it is so fascinating because like reporters are trying to ask certain questions to get you to like Sometimes your um, agent says, "Here, ask these questions because we want to plug these parts of the movies or something like that." I don't know. There's right. and a lot of times they'll they'll get a list of questions that the actors are prepared to answer from exactly. their agent from or the studio yeah. or from the, yeah. yeah. But this is way more real and organic. Everyone seems more comfortable. It is. I was watching this at work or watching slash listening, mostly listening to this all day. It is. It was seriously so interesting. I'm because, sold. Um. So like. I watched um, Jeff Bridges interviewing Matthew McConaughey because they both had movies coming out. That's or, awesome. Or um, who was it? Nicole Kidman was interviewing um, Ewan McGregor. And they're Ooh. not so like they weren't just like because a lot of them was like some of them were movies that are coming out. Um, but some of them were TV shows that are on like Aziz Ansari was interviewing someone else. And um, Kumail Nanjani was interviewing Gal Gadot. Ooh. I got, I nailed both of those names yeah, there, but yeah, so it was, it was seriously like the most articulate I've heard any of these actors speak on anything. Cause they're like, they're, they're talking, they always open up with the same like questions. Cause like they're still trying to get comfortable with each other. Cause a lot of people like they, so they like variety gives them like, if you don't have any questions here, here's some questions you can ask. This yeah. is what everybody asks. Yeah. So like a lot of them is like, tell us about like, what's the role you're in. Yeah but more like what drew you to this character. And they always like watch the, because like maybe I haven't listened to your thing or haven't watched your thing. Cause I'm also a busy actor, but they always like prepare, like they watch him before. Cause they know that, Oh, next week I'm interviewing, um, uh, Sterling K Brown from this is us. I'm going to watch a few episodes of this is us, you know, That's awesome. cause he was on it. And so like, it's so cool. Like they're, and I don't know, they have way more respect from the person sitting across from them. Like they're genuinely fans. Yeah. And they're pairings that you don't see. Oh, I like and it, it was like, it was seriously so interesting. So my, my thing was though, like what makes a good interview? That's kind of the question I had, but I, I highly recommend that you watch actors on actors. I literally watched like, yeah, I'm all of the interesting probably binge ones. this when I get home. That sounds like a wonderful little series. It it's shot really well. Like it, like it looks like a variety photo shoot. Yeah. And they do they sh- the first part of it the trailer is them doing a photo shoot with the other actor, which is really cool because they put cool. they put it in the magazine yeah or whatever and then they like go into like a lit studio or whatever and they're yeah. just like in a living room kind of situation oh, it's just asking such a each good other idea. questions and the questions they get are just so much better because like they're part of that experience so they like they're asking deeper questions I feel like yeah yeah but um the, they were all great. You watch them all and you watch the people that you're more interested in. Um, but the one I thought was so fascinating was Matthew McConaughey and Jeff Bridges because they are the same person. Really? Just one of them is a little bit older. Yeah. Like they have both the same like grovelly voice or whatever, like with that Southern <laughs> yeah, draw, that even though Jeff Bridges is from California, love. you know, yeah. they're both that super laid back guy and they both sp- like, they don't speak in quotes. They speak in stories. They're like, yeah, so my dad, he uh, 
he was working on a truck. Yeah. And I learned that in life, life is like working on a truck. And I was like, I'm like, what are you talking? Like, it's amazing yeah. that both Jeff Bridges and Matthew McConaughey talk like this, but it's like, <laughs> that sounds awesome. But do they, have they done a movie together? They have not. That was the first time they met was on actors on actors. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I wonder if that then will ever lead to something. Oh, I imagine because they, they talked about, it, they're like, I feel like I've known you for 20 years and I just, I looked through our filmographies and this is the first time we've, like done anything together that's so awesome so, like I, i've seen you at a couple parties and stuff like that but it's really it's a pleasure to actually like sit down and talk with you because this is the first time we've met i'm like that's that so, cool. so cool a western with those two guys crazy would be unbeatable yeah i'm, I'm surprised they haven't done it i yeah but to so, save true grit i don't know if that was good or bad i don't i never true saw grit was, it. it didn't set the world ablaze but I, w- I bet you it would have if it had been jeff bridges and matthew mcconaughey so there's my little plug for actors and actors but Back to my thing of what makes a good interview. Because I feel like I feel like podcasting has the um, a tendency to sometimes feel like like when you're doing a show like that, it kind of sometimes can feel like an interview. Yeah, if you're not doing it with like the same person over and over. Like, right. Yeah. It can it can be interview esque. Like we had playful banter on. I don't think that was it. Like and, that didn't seem interview esque. No, like, it wasn't we interview esque. But there there was like this tendency of like, oh, should we interview the guys get like get the audience to know them, or should we just dive right in? And obviously, we didn't interview them. But I, yeah. What do you think makes a good interview? I well, because I have I have some more thoughts, but I wanted to get your your opinion on it. I think I like. I think what actors on actors is doing from the sound of it is exactly what makes a like a really good interview. I feel like it's about like the, the mutual respect between the person being interviewed and the person asking, asking the questions. Um, and I feel like there has to be this, like, I don't know. Like, I think the word might not necessarily be a respect, but I feel like there needs to be a level of comfort, like to have that more. Oh, totally. And I think the comfort comes out of that. I feel Mm -hmm. like that's why, um, what's her name? Barbara Walters. Had yeah. that reputation of being able to get all kinds of things out of them because she made people feel comfortable around her, I feel yeah. like. And, but I think it's, a part of that is being able to like respect the person that is interviewing and like, okay, this person is a renowned journalist or whatever, and they're asking me these questions. And like, we should be just as excited that we're talking to each other, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I, and I, th- I think that breeds, breeds the level of comfort that then leads to the person being interviewed sounding more like a real person rather than just somebody on a press tour mm-hmm. or some head of a company or some random talking head they need for a talk show or whatever. But I, I think, yeah, I think a good interview is when the, the person being interviewed comes across like a real person rather than just the person answering questions. Mm-hmm. Um, I was on Reddit the other day and another thing that kind of sparked this um, thing for me or this interest was there was a, today i learned or uh something and it was about um this famous podcaster interviewer entertainment personality i i haven't heard of him until this week but his name is tim ferris and he's renowned for um having the best interviews okay um and i hadn't heard of him sure i don't know what his show is or anything like that yeah um, but he's written a bunch of books he's done a bunch of fitness stuff a bunch of rant like oh, he's all over the place he's a really like big personality uh-huh um, he wrote a book on how to ask better questions and that is his key to getting the best interviews is having better questions. And I feel like that comes off in the actors on actors because their questions aren't as monot. I don't know, like one level. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, it's like we were talking, like they just go from outlet to outlet, probably getting the same questions because. And a lot of them are during the same day when you're doing a press tour and stuff like that. Like you're sitting here with eat entertainment, then you're sitting with extra, then you're doing like all whatever. Totally. But like how, like asking better questions and like, there's a lot of obvious ways to ask better questions, like trying to get something, um, like not so service level or not like, especially not leading questions. Like, like I'm trying not to lead the, the interviewee to like down a road. Yeah. Having more open ended questions. But the biggest part, like the simplest starting point is not having any yes or no questions. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because a lot of times, like if you ask a yes or no question, then they, they'll like, that's more like a prompt. Like you're like, yeah, that was fun. And then you tell why it was fun. That's not an interesting interview. Yeah. Like when you're asking a question, like you're, um, you're more like trying to gather information out rather than just the yes or no answer. So they showed like, um, they did like a side by side poll of his where Jennifer Lawrence was on like one of those press tours and she had an interview with one of those like entertainment outlets and then with him and her interview with him was 45 minutes longer because he had two yes or no questions. Whereas the media outlet had like 15, you know? Yeah. And it's just like interesting to think about like, I feel like asking better questions yeah, is probably I, the biggest route. Like the respect thing I think is a big part and um, having that level of comfort. But I think questions totally probably questions that make them not only think, but like give answers that they are excited about rather than just like, Oh yeah. Same question. Well, in this movie I play this person, they do this and this is how, why I think, but it doesn't just so go for like actors because like, no, I know I, I agree with what you're saying because I'm just I feel going, like using the same example mm-hmm. that we've been. Yeah. Because down. that, I guess it's kind of hard when you're on a press tour because like you're trying to, you're trying to promote the same thing everywhere. You know? Yeah. Sure. And so you're, you do have some given script and stuff, but like, I don't know. You, you brought up Barbara Streisand, like, uh, Walters. Wal- Streisand. That sounded wrong to me. Yeah. <laughs> Barbara Walters. <laughs> I'm like, no, no. Uh, I said it. I don't even know if that's the right person. Walters. It is. Streisand is not. Streisand. No, I know a- that Streisand is not, but I didn't know if it was even Barbara. It, Barbara Walters. I kept thinking. I kept hearing Diane after I said Barbara. No, I don't think there's a Diane Walters. I don't think. No, not Walters <laughs> either. I, I think it was a Diane something else. There is a famous. Anyway. Um, I think that um, like having a talk show or like that type of platform, there's one episode uh, there. First of all, all these uh, actors and actors are like 20 to 40 minutes. They're That's like, cool. They're awesome. That's good. But one of them was so unfair because one actress was promoting Westworld and the other actress, uh, her name was Oprah and she was promoting a movie she was in. Not and Winfrey. It was Oprah Winfrey. Okay, there we go. <laughs> and um, when you're Oprah Winfrey and you're promoting a movie, uh, you cease to be promoting a movie and you are still just Oprah you Winfrey. Oprah, and yeah. so she is the best at like making you like she's your like she's everybody's yeah. friend. Like that's that's not I don't know. It turned into this. It wasn't actors on actors anymore. It was it this was, actor on Oprah. Yeah, which is awesome. Yeah. So that's that. Is I feel really like awesome. I feel like she's probably the best example of doing all these things, asking better questions, making you feel comfortable. Everybody has respect for her. Yeah. I was trying to think of her in like terms of like who, who we would compare her to because there's a lot of TV show hosts Yeah, today and talk show hosts. Um, but, but Oprah seemed more like royalty, you know? I mean, I feel like she kind of is in a weird way of like in the entertainment like, industry, not even in it. Like we didn't, there was nobody like, her. like, yeah, that's true. 
Because, like, a lot of, like, so you got, like, all the late night show hosts. Yeah. You know, all the daytime show hosts. But Oprah was, like, different. Like, she was, like, another level. I bet she feels like mom. Like, like just hanging oh, out yeah. with somebody's mom. Mm-hmm. But also, she kind of feels like she's your mom. Yeah. She's got Wait. that. She got, <laughs> She has that vibe. Me, personally? Like, she feels like my mom? <laughs> no, no, no. Like, just, like, your own, <laughs> your own mom. Well, yeah. She, I mean, yes. Your, I feel like your mom could more be an inspiration for Oprah, though. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> I'd like to see Oprah on your mom's show. Or Not that your mom has one, I can see my mom being on Oprah's show too. Oh uh, yeah, I mean that would work. I bet you Oprah would come back and do a show. She just d- she's for... back all the time doing random stuff. Oh yeah, I know. But I mean, she's in a movie coming up pretty soon. She's yeah. in. Uh, That's what she was promoting. Time. No, that she was promoting something else. Um, but yeah, um, another thing I just thought of that is kind of a amalgamation of both of these shows that I was watching. Um, or commercials for master class and these shorts on actors and actors yeah um was did you ever watch uh inside the actor studios yeah with the uh well i definitely have watched a lot of the snl version of that but mm-hmm. also i've i've seen a couple of the actual inside that the one is an interview but it's also because he's teaching a class and yeah. it's actors coming in and teaching you know and so it's like masterclass because you're learning from the best but it's also an interview you know yeah and so that one's a cool combination of the two and i just remember like that is but cool. his is more it's way more academic like his sure. his interview style he's more like charlie rose or whatever yeah it's know? more it's more of like the the act the trade of acting yeah kind of like it's but it's even the, his interviewing is, is more just like so what made you tr-? like you know it's just like way more yeah straight yeah versus conversational yeah it's i highly recommend a, you check out actors on actors yeah, I'm definitely going to check that out. Uh, another thing with interviewing, I feel like oh, this is kind of along with the ask better questions kind of thing. I like when an interview feels like it has a natural flow to it to where like I feel like a good interview will kind of start with some questions and then let the interviewee be like lead for a little while and let them lead and just asking follow good follow up questions and more follow up questions and kind of just because then the, Obviously, that's another way that they establish a little bit more comfort rapport. and rapport. Yeah, um, but they get the the comfort level of like, okay, they're letting me kind of just talk about what I want to talk about. This is great, and then they they'll throw in another question that kind of leads them down. A, if they were like trying to shift the conversation, they'll throw in something else that is like, oh, okay, yeah, we're going to go this way. Well, I can talk about that for a little while, and then ask some more follow up questions. Um, to where it's just like, it's not just this list of questions. Okay. What's that's, your favorite that's, color? That's cool. a great insight. What movie did you play in high school? Cool. What did you do that? Like, it's more of like, okay, so tell me about this role and mm-hmm. how did you get there? Well, that's cool. So you were in this then? Mm-hmm. And yeah. Uh, and then that's how you met this director. That's Having great. less of an agenda. I feel like from both participants, the interviewee and the interviewer. Yeah. Like, cause like you're there to promote a lot, and a lot of times when you're doing interviews, but not trying to like, like you said, follow a list. Yes. There um, are exceptions to that. Mm-hmm. I think. But I think there are only a few people that can get away with it. And I think that it would be late night hosts. I was going to say. The, did you see the thing? To, I think it was today. D- the Star Wars cast was on Jimmy Kimmel. Mm-hmm. And he, he just went to each of them and was like, all right, Ryan Johnson, is Last Jedi a plural or a singular? And, he, and then the, the, Ryan Johnson just looks at him and goes, man, you just. You just dive right in, huh? <laughs> like that was the first question out of the gate, yeah. and then he's as soon as he's satisfied with Ryan Johnson's answer, he moves on to Daisy Ridley and is like, "All right, Daisy, are you related to anyone in the Skywalker family?" 
You're not going to give me that answer, are you? All right. <laughs> he just kept going down the list, asking but all of these. Like, that's you brought up late night hosts because I feel like that's what they are there to do. They're there to follow the um, your agent, your PR person, the studio. They're they're there to read that list of questions that you have provided, and um, it's there like they get all of your stories that you're going to tell ahead of time or what the lead into your jokes are. And so they're there to lob them up to you. You know, yep, like, totally. what was that? You were talking about that one time you were on a plane, but you're playing to, um, was that Japan? You're on a plane to Japan. What? Yeah. Tell me about that story. Yeah. It's like, like oh, oh yeah. Thanks Jimmy. Um, yeah. The other day I was flying over, uh, yeah, actually it was Malaysia. And what happened? Yeah. What it was like, they're just there to seriously set up what yeah. you're, what you're going to talk about. So tell me that time you woke up in the middle of South Dakota with nothing but a smile. <laughs> How did you know about that? Oh, it was on the card. It was oh, on the card. Yeah, seriously. So, but yeah, they, I feel like, but I feel like that doesn't make a good interview. They're there to like seriously just promote like what they're doing or they're there to tell their funny story or to. Totally. Um, I don't I like, I guess that that's entertaining, but I don't think it's a good interview. No, not a good interview. I liked, I liked those Jimmy Kimmel's hard hitting questions well, he's just funny, right out the gate. You know, yeah. yeah. But I think that was an exception because that was a fun interview to watch. It wasn't an interview because none of them answered the question, but it was, it was great nonetheless to watch. Yeah. Those are fun. Uh, do you have a favorite um, interviewer? Uh, I really, I don't, I don't like pay a whole lot of attention to that, to be honest. Um, I know that like there's a, there are a few people that are really good at like, I mean, I, Okay, let me just start that whole thing over. (laughs) Man, got bogged down in the mud there. Hold on, let me get out. Okay, so um, I when I'm reading things, I tend to read the more investigative pieces rather than the interview pieces, Um, because I'm fine with just the headlines from interviews, Mm because that's usually everything's going to be the same across the board except for their headline, which is oh, did you know that Luke Skywalker was once a woman or something like that. That was an interesting try. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't know where to go with it. I was going to go with uh, anyway, but, um, I feel like, yeah, I just don't watch a whole lot of interviews to the point where I, I like have, Oh, I love this guy's interviews. I really like what he does. Not even like Greg Miller or anything like that. Or, uh, I, okay. When, when Greg is doing on, um, Rooster Teeth or anybody, uh, when, when Greg is doing a one-on-one show, he's, phenomenal at interview him and Colin Moriarty both are like they they are really good and natural those are two um, um, YouTube personality personalities in the gaming industry yeah well Colin's kind of more politics now he's back Mm -hmm. in it yeah anyway but yeah I especially um, Colin does a show called the fireside chats Mm -hmm. it's a podcast Um, it's only it's like the only podcast where I enjoy the interviews um because I just don't think you said earlier, I, I don't think podcasts, you didn't, you didn't agree with me, but you said you mentioned podcasts. Well, I think that podcasts are not the the right way for an interview to happen. I don't think they're a good place for interviews. Um, unless why, they're why deliberate, that is? Oh, unless they're deliberately in the interview format. Mm-hmm. I think that podcasts. So it depends on the type of show. Like sure. if it was one, if it was our show, this would not be a good interview. This would not be a good interview show because this show is you and I just talking about whatever the heck we want to talk about it. And, mm-hmm. and then that can end up you and I talking over the person that we're supposed to be interviewing. Mm-hmm. I just don't think that the medium like necessarily makes that podcasts aren't a good form because no. for example, if actors on actors was not a YouTube video and it was just a, a podcast. podcast, it would still be fascinating because you don't need to see who you're like, like 
Sure. Like you're just listening to their voices and like, oh, that's interesting. So I feel but, like podcast is a fine platform, but I, I understand absolutely. what you're saying. Like the type of show. Yeah. Especially the ones that we listen to are not necessarily good for interviews. Exactly. Like I, I came in irritated because I was listening to this podcast that was trying to kind of interview this guy that I've, I've find really interesting. His name's Eric Castro. He's a phenomenal bartender and has his own, his podcast is an interview podcast and it's fantastic or he's just going around interviewing bartenders or whatever, but he was on this other podcast that I'm listening to. And it was just like, oh, would you guys stop talking? Cause you keep asking him questions and then answering them yourselves because it's a show where you guys just talk about nothing, which works. But when you're trying to interview somebody, I just want to hear their answers really. Yeah. Yeah. But I just thought it was super interesting. I wanted to get your, I wanted to first let you know about these things you need to watch, but also just get your um, thoughts on yeah. interviewing. I appreciate a good interview. Mm-hmm. I, I should read them more. I, I really do think that interviews are a great thing. I just don't read them a whole lot. I feel like there's also like a, a level of back and forth that needs to be had. Yeah. Um, I feel like we're still trying to get it on our show, which is not an interview. I'm not interviewing you. No. Yeah. But I feel but, like getting it, getting that back and forth, like knowing when to interject or ask a new question. Yeah. Stuff like I that. feel like the, fo- yeah, the follow I feel like there's up a, some talent that um, needs to be had. Yeah. And that, yeah. And that's what that's what Greg and Colin have. The natural like, oh, here's a really good follow-up question that's going to lead to way more in-depth conversation about whatever the topic mm-hmm. may be. Um, yeah. There's right, something well, else I was going to say and then, uh, I can't I can't think of it. We can just move on. Yeah. Well, thanks. Uh what's what's your thing? Well, we're staying in the, in a similar, well, not really. In the industry. We we we've been talking about entertainment as we do. Uh I want to talk to you about TV shows versus movies. Well, not really versus movies, but you know, you know what I'm getting at. Yeah. I, I want to talk the 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 two separate entities of oh, TV wait, wait. and movies. What? What? I don't know. This can be in in either of our topics. All right. But while watching an actors on actors, there was an actor that came up that I realized I had neglected off of my top ten actors list. Oh, really? Yeah. Go ahead. Um, and I was like, wait a minute, how did I for- completely forget this guy? Um, and that is Jake Gyllenhaal. He was on, um, he's done like so many good movies like uh, Nightcrawler and he's like, he, he's becoming more, less of like a, uh, he was never like a rom-com guy, but like, I don't know, he's trying to take more Oscar type movie roles. And so he was on there promoting one and I was watching, it's called Stronger and it's about the Boston Marathon and, uh, bombing. And it was like, just watching the trailer, I'm like, I forgot. This guy is one of my favorite actors. He's really good. Yeah, he's in my top three. I I, I, I frequently forget about him. Yeah. He's in your top three. I don't know. Well, I looked at my three. list and yeah. I was, that we made on episode whatever. It, yeah. Hey, um, Jim, insert insert that episode number right here. On episode, <laughs> that's not gonna happen. <laughs> and, then, and then, um, but yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal. Anyway, sorry. Your it, thing is about movies and TV. Yeah, I I personally like TV shows better than movies, uh, but I think. There are some key differences in in the two different mediums. But I, I just qu- kind of want to explore, like, is it better to have, like, the kind of more in-depth, like, here is just two hours of one person's vision of a story, or is it better to have, or in- more interesting to have, here's 20 episodes of something where a whole bunch of different people have thrown their creative ideas into the same story. I don't know. We can kind of, I just wanted to talk about TV shows and movies. Right? Yeah. I, I love this um, thing that you've brought to the table. Um, I feel like TV has gotten so good 
just through the various outlets that are out now. Like Netflix is making brilliant like TV and TV shows and movies. Absolutely. Amazon is making great content. They really stepped Hulu up. Hulu is making too. their own original content too. Yeah. It's, um, not, it's nothing go to away, write Hulu. home about. But just go away. <laughs> but then you have like cable, cha- like HBO kills it on pretty much everything they do. Yeah. HBO shows are movie quality stuff. And then there's like um, FX, AMC, all these other ones who are like, also, it's just getting so good. And I feel like yeah. a lot of it has to do with um, there's less prejudice in the fact that ac- movie actors are like, yeah, I want to do an awesome TV show. Yeah. So like the quality of actors is like going through the roof. I feel like in a lot of content. And, and like you're seeing the, I mean, I I proposed the question with like the twenty two episode season or whatever, but we're seeing kind of seasons shrinking and uh and the TV at least in the U S finally going to a model that is more. Here's eight episodes. Here's six episodes. Here's twelve episodes. I think that has a lot to do with what like the first part that I brought up is that it's going to be on Amazon. It's going to be on Netflix. Like you don't have to worry about having a. 10 week show that's 20 minute 22 minutes with eight minutes worth of commercials or blah 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 like exactly. you don't have to follow that format you can do 40 minute shows an hour show 50 minute like you like there's less of a structure in how you want to do it and so you can have an hour show for eight episodes like i feel like that yeah. is a big plus to that it, it definitely is especially I, bringing in those actors I tend to like TV or enjoy watching TV shows more than I watch movies. And I don't know if that's because TV feels like less of a time commitment, but I feel like I enjoy the story more because I'm spending more time with the characters. I'm spending more time and getting more invested in whatever world it is that they're building. Um, I, that I feel like that is the biggest plus to TV is that you have more time to spend on a story, on character. You have, even if it isn't 22 episodes. Yeah. You have eight episodes of an hour. Yeah, exactly. Like to get to know your your person. Yeah. Like we, I mean, we've talked about stranger things a few times now in the show, but like that I treated like just an eight hour movie, which would have been fine, but I didn't go into it with the commitment of, okay, I got to sit down here and I have eight hours before I can do anything else. And I, I like that part of it too. And you can have, there can be more like, cause more hooks in a, in a show Yeah, where, um, like at the end of this episode, there's a cliffhanger end of this episode. Whereas a movie you can't have that many cliffhangers, you know? Yeah. I feel like there's a period. There's, there's a time though when that gets obnoxious. To Absolutely. The point of like, which I was going to say what the biggest, so biggest plus for shows, I feel like is having that time to spend building your world. Like your exposition doesn't have to feel rushed. Yeah. And the, the structure, your three, five act structure or whatever it is. Yeah. It doesn't like, you don't necessarily know where you are in that story. Yeah. Whereas in a movie, you're like, oh, about 30 minutes in. Okay, this is something about, you know, Yeah. you can kind of see it coming more. I feel like a big downfall for TV shows is that, like, if they don't have a plan on how, how, like, this is going to be four seasons. This is going to be a three-season show. If they're like, we're just trying to go, you know, then you're like, season four, you're like, we're doing another one of this type of. This um, is still going. Yeah. Like, they're just drawing out something just to draw it out. I can't, I like, that's when I get really sick of shows. And I've, I've finally, like started to understand like when it's time to jump out of a show you i think the, the one that really did it for me was how i met your mother back in the day yeah that one was sad like we you hung know on, yeah yeah we clung to that show all the way to the bitter end and eh, sure what it, it was 
at the time, a terror like hated the way that show ended and I hated the final two seasons leading into the ending, but I just wanted to see it happen. And I should have just jumped out and had like this beautiful memory of a seven season show that had still gone on too long at that point. Yeah. But yeah, I, it's a, it's an interesting thing of like some shows they can just keep going and have nine seasons of wonderful television Mm -hmm. friends, Seinfeld, just but even you could say that like friends towards the end it it could have it could have finished a season or two early or two but even but right up to the end like friends is still an enjoyable show oh to watch. still one of my favorite shows but i'm saying like yeah but where when when you watch like how i met your mother or you watch any scrubs any oh oh my gosh scrubs one of my favorite oh shows my gosh. Still, it has like the worst last season Oh, the last two seasons of that show are just an absolute train wreck. But like, that's the thing of like, you can see when it just becomes this husk of a TV show that it started out like as. a money grab of trying to keep it going for like those seasons or whatever. By people the network, watching, you know? yeah. Um, I feel like one of the big that is the pro of movies is that, granted, you have franchises that are trying to do that with more and more movies. Sure, you know, we like have right now Marvel is about to have their twentieth movie. You know, in their franchise, and their quality only going up. Yeah, their quality is great, but um, I feel like the a big draw or pro for movies is that um, the budget. Sure. The the budget and time they have to do things. Yeah. Shows you have like a quicker turnaround, whereas a movie you can take two years or whatever in production to do like to get it right. You have a hundred million dollar budget, billion dollar. Like you have a lot more money. Yeah. To work on. So I feel like, but like I said, with HBO and Netflix and Amazon, all these things, like their budgets are getting bigger, whereas like they're becoming less distinguishable on like that looked like movie, like that dragon in Game of Thrones. That was a movie quality, like CGI. Yeah. Like they're getting the, their shows are finally getting to a place where the budgets or either that or the tech is finally coming down in price to a way, in a way that is now feasible to do for TV shows to the point where. We could potentially get a Harry Potter Netflix show. That would be the best. I was thinking about that. I was daydreaming about that today. I just yeah. wanted to bring that up again. Um, I Do you... Okay. There's something to be said about, like, I think movies, there's this benefit of them continuing to make sequels and things like that because you can, like, okay, hold on. So TV shows, they have a little bit of an advantage, I think, in the character department to where this actor has been the same character for six years at this point. He's gotten really good and has developed this character's personality. And now the writers are now writing to kind of adapt to the way this guy is playing the character. This That's awesome. Movies kind of don't have that where it's like the character has been written. Here's two hours. But, man, we really like this the way this actor is portraying, this actress is portraying it let's in the next movie adapt the script a little bit more to their personality. So then there's kind of this, like it's almost security in continue to make sequels because you know, okay, these people have done this before. They know how to do it. It's safe. We know that there's an audience for it. We can continue earning money that way. And then with TV shows, people are more willing to try new things because, well, I mean, Hey, we got some time they can get, they can dive in. We'll see if it gets picked up for another season. If it does great, it'll only get better for a while. One of I, I agree with that, um, which led me to two thoughts. Yeah. One is that same thing that we're talking about on like continuing the season um, to a point where it's like you're just doing too many hooks or there's so like on shows that are continuing for several seasons, they always have like 
one big storyline that is going unsolved throughout until they end the show, right? Yeah. So, like, they have this one mystery of how is this person, blah, 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 blah right? Unless it's just a, um, like... Y five O. Or Yeah, unless it's just, like, a cop drama or something like that where it's, like, you're just trying to find the bad guy, you know? like yeah. But normally it's, like, who was my father or who, like, blah, 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 you know? Yeah. Um, so there's always that one big one, and then it's an episodic where it's, like, every episode is the same formula of, like, like house. It's, like, what what is this ailment? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'll try something. Oh, I figured it out, you know? <laughs> what is this ailment? I'll give him this illegal but, experimental yeah, drug. But then, oh, like, they have it. that underlying one. Um, but with with movies, like... You have you have an hour and a half, two hours, yeah, to get like your big storyline. You don't have as many like weaving storylines. So I, I agree with you on like the the character thing. You like I don't know. It's a big pros and cons thing. Like, are you exploring stuff because you're trying to get the character deeper, or you're just trying to drag it out over a longer period of time? Um, but I think what's an interesting exploration of that is that, like I said, I was listening to a lot of actors on actors. Yeah. And they were talking about TV and movies because they're like they're coming from everywhere, and one of them said like when did the when did you see this shift of like because you and McGregor is now on Fargo. That's awesome. Yeah, I didn't know that. Neither did I. I need to watch that show. He that plays like two brothers show. that are not twins. What? Wait, what? Yeah, you gotta like it's okay. crazy. Um, and he plays him totally different. He's got some few prosthetics and stuff. But yeah, so um, Nicole Kidman was interviewing him and asked him, when do you think this change happened where big name actors are now doing a lot of TV? Because she is on um, the amazing uh, HBO show, uh, Big Little Lies. Uh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Her, Reese Witherspoon. Um, I forget her name. Kravitz, the Lenny Kravitz's daughter. Um, Andrew Skarsgård, like it's an amazing show. Wow, yeah, it's That's stacked. A cast. It's stacked. That's a cast it's a show. movie cast um, huh. that is in this uh, HBO show. I wonder how that works budget wise. It's HBO. <laughs> sure, sure. But, uh, so she asked, she asked the question: When do you think this all? Um, when there was that shift, you know, in Hollywood, and uh, they they both agreed that it was um, True Detective was the first show when um, Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson both did that in 2014 yeah. when everyone else was like oh because that was like an oscar movie in thir- 11 episodes yeah and so and then but like house of cards came out at that time too around the same time and that has kevin spacey robin wright a few other really yeah but that was like, like that was the shift and when like it started to like you saw more movie actors doing um tv but you brought up an interesting point so i thought that was interesting that like Everybody kind of saw that shift when movie actors are doing that. But you brought up an interesting point of how the actors are developing in characters on shows versus movies, like doing sequels and stuff. Yeah. And what is what we haven't talked about, which um, I listened to, was how actors view TV shows versus movies versus plays. Oh, so um, a, a lot, a lot of actors have a background in theater. Or a lot of actors are currently also doing shows on Broadway and all that yeah. stuff, right? And apparently, um, it's less daunting and more like they like Broadway more than movies. Most actors, because mm-hmm. like you, you can always get better, you know. So you're like, oh man, last night I did I t- I made this choice w- with this line and that wasn't really working well. So I'm gonna try. I'm gonna do it again like this. Interesting. And so you're always like your character. You're always learning from your character, learning from the audience. You're always evolving, and then tomorrow, it's gone. Like 
it wasn't there. Whereas movies, your choice, your performance, that is in stone. Like that is Damn. written. That is. And so like whatever every, take they choose. Uh, yeah. So I, I didn't know that like making a movie is terrifying for a lot of actors because like you're like, man, I did so great here. But like this one, I would have done like looking back, I would have done this differently. Whereas like Interesting. in a play, you can do it differently in a movie. They choose the takes and that's like that's the one that is out there that huh. is going to be on DVD, on Blu-ray, on whatever. You know, I've never um, thought about that. Yeah. Whereas like and shows, it depends, but shows is like you have seasons to kind of do it, but it's still like what you do is that's your final thing. Yeah. Whereas plays like it's more fluid, like, man, um, like you're doing a show for eight weeks, you know? And so like you have a long time to like get your character, like learn about it. It's, your character is evolving, even though the lines may are probably not, you know? So yeah, I feel like that's, a, that's an interesting wrinkle to, to throw into this comparison of TV versus movies. Yeah. I, I really like TV a lot better than movies. I really do. I think it, it's been growing on me a lot. Like I've always, it, they've always been two completely separate worlds for me, but now I'm getting the stuff that I like in movies on TV. Yeah. So it's just crazy. Like let's get a Tom Hanks show. I wouldn't, I wouldn't I, be surprised if he was getting on a show, but now he, he's, he's on like now in this new movie with Meryl Streep and stuff. I mean, also, he's a busy man. He does a, um, an actors on actors. Oh man. Okay. Yeah, I got I got to get in on this show. You're selling me on it. Oh man, it is so good, and he does it with um, uh, what's her what's her name? Um, give me one second. Here you go. The other thing with I think with TV shows is that there there like I feel like there is a drawback to where like I think one of my favorite seasons of television in general is season one of C- the CW's The Flash. That that is like a a wonderful first season. There's a few like it's. It's still a network TV show, so there's a bunch of like episodes that are just filler or whatever. But the mm-hmm. the overall story in that show is so well crafted and whatever. The Flash, yeah. And then I feel like after that, the whole show just like completely dives in quality. Like the season, the first season is so good. That's the problem is when you have like just continue to go and go. Like they kept uh, firing writers, and it turns out because of a whole bunch of sexual harassment stuff. But anyway, the like the gist of like the the first season of that show was so good, and then it was just like why 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 couldn't they continue to make a good show after that? Well, who knows? But I think there's a, there's a drawback to where you have like, sometimes you need fresh eyes on it or sometimes you need to keep the same person on the show or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's interesting how in the show, like one thing can change, like you lose one writer, maybe the director goes to a different thing or something like that. And even though you have a lot of the same pieces, one thing yep. can change your flow. Yeah. And it's, it's strange of like that. I think that's one of the drawbacks to TVs where like, your favorite movie is always going to be your favorite movie. There's nothing that's going to like, they can make sequels to it, but you're like, Oh, but the first one is the best one. Mm-hmm. And like, uh, you can say, Oh, season one of the flash. Fantastic. And like, yeah, but there's four seasons of that. Should I not watch the rest? Like, yeah. Well, if you want but, like, my favorite show, um, or one of my favorite shows, the West wing after season five, when, uh, Aaron Sorkin, the writer director, he <sighs> left. I still, it, it also like takes it a turn. Um, but anyway, what I was going to say, Tom Hanks is on, um, with Viola Davis on his actors on actors. Oh, cool. That is a stacked one. Like, yeah. Those are two heavy hitters. She's That's promoting Fences with Denzel Washington. Yeah. That one that was a, a Broadway play. Um, and then uh, he was promoting. Oh, the circle one? Sully or something like that. No. I think it was probably Circle. No, it was Sully. Really? Did mm-hmm. those come out at the same time? Fences, I feel like Fences was like recent. Fences was like last year or the year before. Okay. Well, yeah. it was last Oscar season when Denzel was up for it. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. I'm sorry. But yeah, it's good. Check it out. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it. Everybody else will too, by yeah. at this point. But yeah, um, but yeah. Any, any other thoughts on TV versus movies? Um, no. I I feel like just go. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Watch more TV. Make sure that you watch movies that are good and skip the ones that are bad. Yeah. The, uh, another thing <laughs> when we're talking about budget is like, there's a lot more big swings and misses in movies whereas yeah. for shows there's just so much variety you can watch what you like to watch whereas movies like they're trying to get a bigger chunk of the market so like oh we're gonna make a big kids movie or we're gonna make a big action movie or we're gonna make this like tight drama but then it's like they're trying to like funnel it into the market that they're shooting for to get the most money on like returns on what they spent you know yeah so i get you get a lot i feel like you get more you get less risky movies, a lot more cookie cutter stuff. Like they're trying, there's trying to be a swing back, but there's less, less cookie cutter stuff where there's more cookie cutter stuff now. Yeah. And where shows they're trying to, their shows are now the ones that are experimental. Yeah. But with that, I, okay. Quick thing here. I think we're kind of getting to a point where Netflix is making too many shows and all of them are making too many shows Yeah, because there was a time where it was like, okay, house of cards is the zeitgeist at the, like right now, everybody's watching house of cards. That's what we're talking about. That's what mm-hmm. everybody's, but now it's like, Oh dude, I'm watching Mindhunter. Have you seen Godless dude? This Ozark show. Super. Yeah. Good. It's like, all right, I can't, I can't watch all of the, like I only have time to binge watch. I only have the like brain capacity to binge watch one show, maybe a month. Yeah. And now it's like, okay, here's, 10 different shows and you want to see all of them yeah. and it's like it's awesome i love that they're giving the opportunity to all these creators and stuff to For make all these different content. shows mm-hmm. but it's like there's so much freaking content that I, it's like how can you keep up and feel like you're staying current yeah, and you get this point. like fomo and it's like this whole thing of like and now it's like network is trying to compete so they're making good shows too so then you got to get cable again yeah because they're making good shows yeah that's a really good point i feel like having the too many shows is a, is a problem but i feel like um also having Netflix making such quality stuff is raising the level of competition like you just said. Totally. But totally I feel like you're right. Too many tide. shows. There's, there are way too many shows. Just too many freaking shows. Just make the show that I want you to make. Harry Potter, one book per season. However many episodes you need oh, to do. Oh, you want them to go back to the books and do it again? Not, I want them to do Not new stories? I don't, not new stories. I know you haven't read the books. There's so much more detail in the books that they can, they can hit with a show. And like... Are you kidding See, me? Then, like, then Harry I feel like TV you show? run into the problem of like, okay, you're getting a recast, and they're like, they're gonna be. I, I feel like oh, if I'm you're gonna do a new that. Harry Potter thing, just do a new thing. Don't reboot. It's too soon. Don't reboot it. But it's not. But it's, I don't. I don't think it's a reboot. It is a reboot if you're doing all the same story again. Uh, but it's, okay, with new actors. I I see what you're saying, but is it a reboot if it is like we're hey we're doing the books? Yeah, that's a reboot. We're doing like page for page. The, the book, we're reading from the book script. Yeah, and that that's is a reboot. Be, that's a reboot. That's a reboot. Spider-Man 1, 2, and 3. They went but, back, did the Spider-Man origin again. That's a reboot. They're, if you're they, going back and telling the same story. like in, a, in their own way, though. Yeah, this would be their own way because it's different than the first but way. But it's the book's way. And the book, the movies, which were pretty accurate Whatever's going to happen is will be an interpretation of the book. I feel like yeah, it's just a it's a retelling. I, I think Which a, will reboot be a reboot is like no, a, oh it's we're the doing this thing. different. Like Spider Man Homecoming is technically a reboot, but even like but like no Alex, it's a reboot. <laughs> Peter, it's Peter Parker with a different actor, whatever. But That's it's a, a reboot. It's a totally different Peter Parker than the the whatever his name is. Than Do you know what Seabiscuit. it is? It's a different interpretation. And so when you have the movies that already had interpretation, and then you have someone else going back and doing a closer interpretation of the book, it's still a different interpretation. Doing the same story, that's a reboot. I. I, I don't think of it as I, I for whatever reason I'm not thinking of it as a reboot I'm thinking of it as in like a parallel existing thing but even that being said we are far enough away from the first Harry Potter movie that a reboot is acceptable 
That first one came out when we were, you were in like third grade. I was in second grade. Fair enough. That was a long that was a long freaking time ago at this point. 2003? Fair enough. Long time ago. But it would be a reboot. Write in with a correction if that date was wrong. But man, I feels that feels Where should right they in write the in a uh, correction for? Oh, to say your thing at gmail.com, Jeremy. Oh, you know what we forgot to do? And maybe we may ought to throw this in at the top. We forgot no, we to can throw it in right now. <laughs> All right. Well, for those of you that are listening to this right now, 55 minutes in on the Thursday that it goes live, um, our friends Kyle and Robbie at Playful Banter are doing a Toys for Tots fundraiser. They've already raised at this as the at the time of recording over eight hundred, I think. Yeah, um, and it's awesome. They're it's a big, big thing for them to be able to raise that much money, and I would love to see how much we can bump. They have them a up. bunch of cool um, incentives on that got them to this point, and so they hit. Our, we picked, we teased it last episode, but we we picked their incentive, what they're going to do, uh, what they were going to have to do if they once they reach seven hundred. Yes, which they hit and blew past. Uh, we asked that they dress up like elves and do buddy the elf things throughout Portland at the mall at the mall. Yeah. At pioneer preferably at any mall, but any mall, but yeah, that, that was our request and they're going to record it. They're going to make, they're going to be in onesies and sing. They're going to sing in public. They're going to write a song. They're going to do a bunch of stuff, but it's all for the kids. They're um, got a bunch of presents and stuff. So that's all going for toys for tots. Yeah. So give that a, give that a, um, Go check it out. It's on their Twitter. We'll we've whatever. linked to we've, it too. To Donate it, yeah. as soon as you can. Yeah, because their deadline is literally today, as you're listening to this, Thursday the seventh. Yes. Um, the other thing with that, we were on their show, so go and check out the Playful Banter podcast. Their that episode will be up there for a little while. They don't keep all of their episodes like we do, so don't miss out. But we check were on out. that show. It was fun. We had a lot of fun with them. You can follow them. Two gnomes, one pig. As always, this has been the Things and Stuff podcast. You can follow me at the Sneath and me at Jeremy underscore one. And you can follow the show at Things Stuff Pod. I think I want to change my Twitter handle. Can you do that? Is that a thing? I don't know. You can try. I don't think so. We can talk about you this. You can talk your show. name, but you can't change your thing. Because I really, I came up with another one that I think is way, way don't better. Don't say it. To, no, I'm not going to say it out loud, but I think it's I think it's way better to say because I feel like I say the Sneath and somebody's like, what is that? What did yeah, you say? Good point. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, follow the show at Things Stuff Pod. Things and Stuff posts each and every Thursday. So we'll see you here next week. Bye bye.